and we're recording. Yep. Genevieve and I are in the car once again on our way to the kingdom of Bungie, right? On our way to put in some food plots. You pretty excited about that? I am, yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's a good attitude. That is a can-do attitude. Remember the can-do attitude on King of the Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Bobby was <laughs> rewarded because he had a can-do attitude. Hopefully, Genevieve will be rewarded for her can-do attitude with a big buck this year. Or a buck. Or a deer. Or something, right? Deer is deer. A good deer. time in the woods. Deer is deer. We don't get too picky. We are yeah. realists. But also, we got some goals. We set some goals this year. Yeah. We are looking at some numbers, aren't we? Yep. And the purpose of this podcast is to go over some numbers. It really is. The podcast you're about to listen to is a podcast that I did talking to Darren Cummings, who had done some work for Dr. Grant Woods, alongside Dr. Grant Woods, putting together a pretty elaborate test to do some research on deer jumping the string. You watched that video that I did, didn't you? Yeah, yep. And I think you've seen the original Growing Deer TV video, oh, yeah. didn't you? Oh, yeah. A while ago, but I saw it, yep. Yep, pretty good stuff. I was intrigued by that original video. I'll try and leave some notes here, the link in the show notes, so that you can go and watch that video and check that out. You can also watch my version of the video, which has a lot more uh, B-roll and fun stuff in it that you won't see, obviously, in a podcast, because this is audio only. But check those out. Definitely worth your time. We are going to get straight into it, Genevieve. Now I'm going to play that interview with Darren Cummings. I really appreciate you joining me and getting on here, though. This is like uh, you're... It was a couple of years ago that video came out, and I actually watched that back at the time. I actually was anxiously awaiting that video when it came out, before it came out, because I'd heard Dr. Grant Woods talk about it in a podcast, and he was explaining what the plan was, and then he saw the video, and so and you're like kind of a, an important figure for me, if that makes any sense, because you played a role in that video, you know what I mean? And it's like, so it's a big deal to me to have a chance to talk, yeah. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, glad to be here and be able to talk to you. Well, cool. Uh, my plan, this is real informal. I'm just going to ask you. I sent you this stuff ahead of time. I'll go through it. What I'll do down the road is probably chop this up somehow, make a podcast out of it, that sort of thing, and refer to it. And if you, cause, yeah. Um, and just to give you some background on what I'm going to be doing, I'm probably going to replace my crossbow over the next year, okay, before the next hunting season. I'm thinking about doing that because yeah. I'm, I'm shooting 305 feet per second on a good day going up to a faster crossbow. I don't think there's any harm in doing that after 11 years, you know, with the same crossbow. And this is part of the dialogue for me, part of the question seeking, you know, answer seeking uh, uh, process that I'm going to go through on deciding whether that's the appropriate decision. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So that's kind yeah, of where absolutely. I'm So let's talk about that. Why don't you start, just tell me a little bit about your hunting background, who you are, introduce yourself, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Darren Cummings. I'm from Northwestern Pennsylvania. I think you're from Pennsylvania too. So uh, I grew up uh, Warren County. It's mostly where I hunted. I moved out to kind of the center portion of the state for a while. Uh, But so my uh, educational background, I'm a mechanical engineer. I studied at Penn State in Erie, uh, the Barron College, they call it. Uh, So I have my bachelor's from, from that college. Uh, and from there, I went to work for a uh, Fortune 500 uh, 
diesel engine manufacturer. So it's the largest independent diesel engine manufacturer. And uh, I started out tuning engines and uh, uh, there might be some viewers who have kind of messed around with like bully dogs that basically that's the sort of stuff I did except for the company directly. Uh, and then from there, I, uh, I took a role as what we would call a field service engineer. So basically how that works, if a technician can't figure out what's going on and they go through the, the hotlines and the, the tech support and they can't get it figured out, I would get called in. I'd go out on site and help them figure out what's going on. Uh, so uh, within that organization, that's where I still, I still work for that organization. But what I do now is I create the tools uh, and a lot of the processes and, and a bunch of software uh, for that group to help them better troubleshoot engines, basically. So that's kind of where the, the background of knowing how to do this sort of uh, uh, mechanical troubleshooting that I helped Dr. Grant Woods with. So You grew up in Warren <laughs> County. That is one of the most forested uh, portions of Pennsylvania. That's the big woods, so to speak. Your hunting experience up there yeah. too? Yep, pretty much. Uh, most of my hunting experience has been uh, kind of the Allegheny National Forest when I was young. Uh, I have a piece of property that's in my wife's family that I hunt on the west part of the county. And it's actually kind of, uh, so the 1B and the 2F, uh, they split right down kind of the middle of Warren County. It goes right through the city of Warren. And uh, the portion that I hunt on the west uh, port, uh, yeah, the, the west part of the county, that's 1B. And it's funny because that's farmland. That's the, you know, Erie County, Venango type look that you would expect cornfields, small hills. And then once you get to the 2F side on the other portion, you know, the Kinzu Dam we have here, the Allegheny National Forest, that's where you start to get into the real steep hills and the, you know, the real uh, topographical changes where it becomes, you know, the hunting strategy is a lot different. So, and then uh, the other, I moved to McKean County for, uh, it was about four years I lived out there, and uh, I had a piece of property in Potter County, uh, God's country, yeah, yeah, as they call it, uh, but that's the, that's where you get into the, the, re the really steep hills, the, you know, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. take a trip up uh, one of those hills, and by the time you get to the top, you're, you're sweating pretty <laughs> So. so these are different habitats for sure. Like you've got quite a broad ranging type of habitat here. Different hunting strategies probably apply. You have a YouTube channel, yep. uh, Hunting Science Explained. And I've watched some of your videos on here. You've got some, some uh, flintlock hunting and you've got uh, some, you've talked about some <laughs> compound bow stuff on there. I enjoyed that video also. Do you have that kind of experience? Do you, do you hunt with a rifle some? Do you hunt with, with muzzleloader some? Do you hunt with, with archery some? You've got a, a broad range of experience, do you? Yep. Yeah, I think uh, for, for me, archery is is really the, the, the season I enjoy the most. I mean, uh, well, I guess flintlock as well. Flintlock's really fun. Uh, but rifle season is kind of like I'll, I'll hunt it if I haven't got a buck yet with, the bow, with my bow. Uh, but yeah, I, I spend most of my time and I've kind of set this property up that I'm hunting uh, on the, the western part of the county for bow hunting. So trying to make it so the deer... Uh, it's a little more closed can or open canopy so that uh, I can kind of get the deer in closer. So yeah, the, the archery is what I'm really into. So, you know, we didn't have the mentored youth programs when I was growing up. So I started hunting officially when I was 12. And so I've been doing that for 22 years. Uh, and 
I shot my first buck with a bow. It was on my first deer with a bow when I was 14. So uh, it's pretty much ever since that point, it was kind of, uh, you know, I was hooked on it. And that's that's the, the season, the, the weapon of choice for me. So so you've got a lengthy history with but, a bow, like starting right out with it. Yeah, so I had, I've had one pretty much since I was 12. Uh, bought a uh, used one off the neighbors. And uh, yeah, so I've been shooting that and that, well, I was shooting that at the time. And I've gone through lots of iterations of bows. I mean, uh, I think just the, the compound bow, uh, the technology has changed so much since I started. I'm sure anyone who shot one since the early 2000s or before to where we are now with, with uh, compound bows, it's, it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. I made some, and the same thing with crossbows too. There's no, no doubt about that. Yep. I mean, just the introduction of crossbows in Pennsylvania's archery seasons in 10 years has made a difference in terms of the weapon of choice for harvest, that sort of thing. So certainly there's been, and this, yeah. I think, I think hunting has always changed. I don't think that's a, you know, it's just a constant evolution. Yeah. You know, I think the, the rifle for, you know, you got a, you've got decades of the rifle being the, the, the main weapon. But since then, I mean, you, you've got a lot of changes. There's no doubt about that. We talked a little bit. You had mentioned Dr. Grant Woods, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. How did you – now, you basically got hooked up and did a series uh, with Dr. Grant Woods, a video that was pretty important to me. And how did you first get hooked up with Dr. Grant Woods? How did that come about? Yeah, so uh, I guess the, the one thing I just wanted to touch on. So you talk uh, – I know that your channel is quite a bit about crossbows. And well, so the first thing, like you said, I think the fact that there's a lot of states now where it's legal through all of archery with crossbows. And I think that has opened up a, a world, a, a lot of hunting opportunities for a lot of people. And as you said, the technology, you know, you kind of follow the money with that. I mean, the, the fact that there's so many people out buying crossbows, the crossbows have come a really long way too. Uh, so when, when it comes to and what we're going to talk about today, I guess, when we're talking about, uh, you know, my, my background is mostly in uh, compound bows, but it is very similar crossbows to, to regular bows. There are some differences, uh, the, the draw weight, the weight of the arrows, but most of the physics we're going to talk about, it applies uh, pretty well one to the other. So uh, with Grant Woods, uh, he, he was kind of... Uh, one of the first people I, I saw on YouTube or anywhere really that noticed this phenomena of deer dropping when, when the shot would be released. Uh, so uh, if, if you look, uh, a, a lot of the old hunting footage was with rifles. There was some bow hunting, uh, but it wasn't until YouTube and pretty much everybody has a camera on them now uh, that we could really get enough footage to start to realize like, oh man, there's, there's really something going on here when, the, when we're shooting a deer with a bow. They're not just standing there nice like a target. Uh, so Grant observed that. He kind of put out the call on one of his videos uh, asking if anybody could help kind of uh, make this scientific, if you will. Uh, so I sent an email to Grant, and I hadn't heard anything back in about uh, a month, so I had assumed he either uh, just wasn't interested. You know, what I had proposed to him wasn't something that he thought uh, was exciting or wanted to do on the show. Uh, but then one day out of the blue, he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I got tied up with other things. I've been busy, and I didn't see your email till now. Uh, so at that point, we, uh, we put a plan together, and I got a, a plane ticket to Missouri, out where he's at. And uh, so I flew in there, went to his, uh, his house there, his uh, kind of 
hunting property he has that obviously if you've watched he's he's got quite a bit of uh land to be hunting out there so and uh yeah so we actually shot that uh put the results together i'm totally ignorant on the science side of this so what exactly when you got there you brought with you a device and you had a plan as to what you were going to yep. try to accomplish and measure and then you had a device that was going to help you measure that can you describe for us what that is uh, so w with my job, what I, uh, a lot of what I do is kind of messing with what we would call kind of embedded devices, basically just a, a little computer. You can put some inputs into it and it can send some outputs out. Uh, so the, the device was pretty simple. It was an Arduino. Uh, if anybody's ever messed around with a Raspberry Pi Arduino, real simple little computers, basically. Uh, so what I was doing, I was feeding in a microphone input. And uh, it would kind of track the, the volume. And uh, if it saw a quick spike in the volume, it would trip the software to say, hey, I think a bow just released an arrow. So that, that's kind of how I w could cue off of, uh, you know, the way a deer would. Because a deer is going to do the same thing, right? It's constantly monitoring, monitoring the, the sounds around it. And if all of a sudden a quick spike happens and it hears something, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do that response that we've seen on camera. So the, the machine picks that up and then we had an extension cord that would run from it to where the target was at. Uh, on the target was an electromagnetic, so a electromagnet and uh, with a piece of metal and a string holding a balloon, the balloon was filled with water. So the idea was uh, the, the way it would work, it would pick up that sound and because we knew the distance of how far that sound had to travel and the speed of sound is constant for the most part, you know, it varies a little bit with altitude and air density, but it's pretty standard. The, the air density is the biggest thing. Just when your air is thicker, it's a little harder for the sound to travel through it. But it's pretty much going to be constant from sea level up to Denver. You know, it doesn't change a whole lot. So we, we would say, okay, I heard that sound, or the computer in there would say, I heard that sound. I'm going to wait until the sound reaches that distance. So it would know that time. It would continue to hold the, the, mag the magnet. It would, it would keep electric to it so it could hold that balloon. And then it would say, okay, I've reached that time. And then it would add another tenth of a second uh, or it was, it was about a tenth of a second. And the reason for that is, so we made the sound. The sound traveled to the deer. The deer can't instantly react. The brain takes, a uh, you know, not very long. It's pretty amazing, but it, it takes a little bit before it can uh, hear that sound and send signals to the muscles to do something. So the, the time we used for that was the time that an Olympic sprinter takes to react to the starting gun. So uh, in the Olympics, actually, if, if they fire the starting gun and someone leaves perfectly on time with it, it'll still be considered a, a missed start or a false start. And the, the reason is they've studied it. They know that the brain takes a certain amount of time from the time it hears that you know, sound to the time that they can actually launch out of the uh, start. So we had that time. So now we've, we've said uh, the bow's gone off. We heard it. It took this amount of time for the sound to reach the, tar the target, which would be a deer if you're shooting at it. We had another tenth of a second so that, you know, that, that time it takes to start for the deer to start reacting. And then we would uh, shut the magnet off and the balloon would start to drop. Uh, so, uh, it, the, the, the one thing that we talked about on there uh, that 
because uh, I think people will be could be confused by it is that balloon dropping. How does that simulate a deer dropping? Is it the same? Uh, so what Grant explained, but I'll, I'll explain here again, is that uh, the deer don't have any way to grab onto the ground and pull themselves down. So all they can do is basically release their muscle tension and just start to fall towards the ground. And what they're actually trying to do is they want their front to fall towards, you know, so the front fall down and their back drop a little bit. And then that kind of gets them in that sprinter position where they can push off their hind legs and really take off. So that's what they're trying to do. Uh, but they can't go any faster than gravity lets them. And the reason for that is just because they can't pull themselves towards the ground. They can only drop. So the balloon, we, uh, we tracked it versus uh, some videos of deer dropping. And while, I mean, it's not completely perfect, it's a pretty good approximation. And it's a weighted balloon. So, it was, the balloon is weighted. It was, it was water. water. So it's not yep. just going to float down. Yeah. I mean, it was going to fall, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we added the water so that, uh, you know, with a, a regular balloon, because it's so light and it's so big, you get a lot of air resistance. Uh, but with the balloon, with the water in it, it's heavy enough compared to the, the amount of uh, surface area of that balloon that it would fall uh, pretty quickly. So, yeah. Okay. So you get to Missouri, you get to Dr. Grant Woods' place, the Proving Grounds, you set up this device. Uh, how, does that, how does it go from there? Oh, man. So uh, this is behind-the-scenes stuff. This is actually something we didn't show in the video, obvious, for obvious reasons. But So I get there. I'm demonstrating it. Uh, basically, I'm clapping my hands as kind of the input to tell it to drop. Everything's working great, you know. Well, other than uh, another thing I just remembered – so when we get there, I had him get this big battery for me. Well, when I put the clips on, I don't know exactly how I, I missed it, but uh, so there were alligator clips and the one touched the other one, let off a big old spark, a bunch of smoke coming up. And yeah, uh, so we, but we, we, I did it. I'm demonstrating it. To, he has quite a few people that work there and interns and stuff. So I'm demonstrating it. And then we, we go, uh, he let me actually stay over the night. It was, I mean, it, very generous guy. Hospitality was amazing. He's a good guy. He's what you see on uh, the show. Uh, so we're, we're there and it's the next day and the wind had picked up. So we, we go out and we set up and he's getting ready to shoot the first one, you know, so the, I set it so that the tool's ready and it's waiting for the input. The magnet is holding the balloon. And as he's starting to pull back, the thing drops. So I'm, I had a, a, a computer there that would kind of show me what was going on. And the, the problem was that uh, with the wind, if you've ever had a mic in the wind, you know, especially like hunting or anything like that without a good wind sock or something over it, the, the microphone uh, was resonating with that wind and it was just causing havoc on it. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was a good about hour, hour and a half of me having to tune it. Grant had actually left at that point and I was just working with one of the interns to try to get it tuned so that it was... Uh, Kind of, we're just kind of setting the threshold higher and tuning the way it looks at it so that it wasn't tripped by the wind anymore. And uh, so we were able to that day uh, get, the, uh, get it to work where it was pretty reliable. There were a couple shots that we took that it didn't register because I had to tune it to deal with the wind. Uh, it, I think it was with one of the interns, bow that was pretty quiet. Uh, it was pretty tough to pick it up without having it set where the wind would affect it. So but we were able to get some good reliable shots for the camera 
Uh, one of the guys, I think he worked for Redneck, brought this super like $20,000 camera with high speed out and he set it up right behind the, the balloon setup. <laughs> and then, uh, so they were shooting at it. And uh, there was one intern there, uh, I think his name was Tyler. He was shooting the bow that was in the 300 foot per second range. And uh, he, was, he was a little bit nervous to be shooting where this <laughs> $20,000 camera, when he's probably on an unpaid internship. But yeah, so, uh, but we, we ran it the first time. Uh, Grant had some more questions after it was done. Uh, so I actually had to uh, get a second plane ticket, fly back out there. And uh, we did a second shoot where we did a little more testing. So in the testing there, I can, I think maybe I can share my screen just to show you what I'm going to show you real quick. But um, yeah. this looks, this is a screen grab that I got from his video. I just pulled it up so we can reference it here and see what he showed as his results. I assume your recollection of it is familiar is, is this is your recollection is similar to what we're looking at here, but it looks like you tested three different yep. speed of bows and can you go through that chart and sort of explain to me what those results are, if they're accurate, that sort of thing? Now, you're going to hear some discussion here going forward where we're doing some numbers. I will reproduce that chart. I'll take a screenshot of the numbers that I discussed in the video, a screenshot of the chart that I produced for that video based on those numbers. I will put that in the show notes. You can go to deathbybungie.com, look at it. You can look at it probably in most podcast apps. It will be able to retrieve that information, but it's definitely available under the show notes of this episode of Talking with Bungie on deathbybungie.com. Go check that out. The numbers, if you are not at a computer and you want to know what those numbers are, basically the 258 feet per second bow, which was the one probably shot by Dr. Grant Woods, at 20 yards, that's my car doing it, at 20 yards was two and a half inches long. At 30 yards, it was 6 inches low, and at 40 yards, it was 10 plus. 10 plus means that it was in excess of 10 inches of drop before that arrow got to the location of the balloon as it was falling. Didn't hit the balloon, actually missed the balloon, okay? As did the 30-yard shot, the 6-incher. That is beyond, okay, beyond the, essentially the maximum effective range of that 258 feet per second bow. The 276 feet per second bow is at 20 yards, a 0.25 inch drop. At 30 yards, 2.25 inches, still hitting the balloon at 30 yards. But at 40 yards, again, 10 plus inches. Not hitting the balloon at 40 yards. Now we shoot the 308 feet per second bow that one on the chart would show a 0.25 inch drop, essentially almost no change at 20 yards. 30 yards is a 2 inch drop, and then at 40 yards, a 5 inch drop. Probably not hitting the balloon, but still hitting the deer, probably spining that deer. The 308 feet per second ball at 40 yards. Yeah. So uh, th this was looking at uh, the footage we had and taking some values. So uh, Grant was, I believe it was Grant, he was shooting the slowest bow there. It was shooting at 258 feet per second. And if you've seen some of Grant's uh, hunts, I think he's, he's had a couple uh, early on where he was shooting, I want to say even 30 yards. 
and he had one where he shot at a doe around 30 yards, and that doe completely dropped out of the way from what should have been a kill shot. And it, it's pretty cool because, you know, they actually put the overlay of where the deer was and then show you drop. And, and the reason for that is just the, the speed of his bow is 258 feet per second. Um, I would consider that slow. Uh, I think just about every crossbow hunter is going to consider that to be slow. Uh, there's some guys now that that's probably right in their wheelhouse. And uh, so what we're looking at, let's take his bow, for example, and we're at 20 yards. Uh, that balloon, that is, so it's based on the balloon, it dropped about two and a half inches from the time he released to the time that arrow impacted. It, it dropped about two and a half inches. So we tried to fill the balloons to a size that was approximately, you know, the, the kill size of a, of a deer. It's not a, you know, a balloon's not a perfect, you know, a deer's kill zone looks a little more like that instead of a balloon, but it, it's a good approximation. So basically at 20 yards, you would have been able to kill that deer. Now at 30 yards, six inches is how far that balloon dropped. The assumption is that's about how far that deer would drop as well. And if you watch the footage, sure enough, that is, you know, exactly what you saw with that shot I just described over that doe's back. And then at 40 yards, basically what we were saying is that we, we couldn't measure it because the drop from the balloon to the ground, it had already hit the ground. Oh, so 10 plus means it's at least 10 inches, but it might be 15 or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's almost irrelevant at this point because you've either spined the deer or missed it completely at 40 yards. Yep. Okay. Or, or hit, yeah. Yeah, and these are a lot of the, the shots that happen that we see where people hit like right above the spine. They kind of call it that no man's land, but I think Grant actually even did a, a video on this. There, there's no area between the lungs and the spine, but there is this really huge area, I shouldn't say, a good sized area from above the spine to the top of the hair. So a lot of people hit there, you put a big gash in it and there, there's nothing there that's gonna kill it, so. Right in the back. Uh, yeah, that, but that's basically what we're saying here. Okay, so we have another yeah. bow at 276 feet per second. Can you walk me through what that what the results were there? Yeah, so the thing that is kind of, uh, we need to remember here, and if you go back to your high school physics days, uh, is when something falls, it accelerates. So uh, basically what that means is, let's say you're in a car and you're accelerating. Uh, you go one second and you've accelerated up to 10 miles an hour. Uh, the, the next second later, you might be going 30 miles an hour. So you're actually accelerating faster and faster. Well, uh, in, in this case, when gravity, uh, gra gravity accelerates something. So it's not a constant velocity. It gets, you know, faster and faster uh, and faster. So if, if you take uh, one second, it, uh, it might fall 16 inches. And then in the next second, Oh, man, I should have actually done the math, but uh, it, it's squared. So it wouldn't be enough. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have fallen 32 feet in two seconds. You would have fallen like 128 or something. So uh, when you're looking at this, you might say, you know, that, that second bow, it's barely any faster than the first bow. Yet we're saying that we saw almost no drop by the time the balloon was hit. And it's just because... Uh, gravity, as I said, it's, it's squared. So it, it's not a perfect linear relationship. You're not going to see it go from uh, two and a half and then the next one will be one and three quarter and then the last one will be uh, zero. It, it's going to, yeah, so I, I hope that's not too confusing. Maybe I should do a, a, something on my channel about it. But 
so, but you'll see it's basically a little over a quarter inch is what we figured. So at, at 20 yards, 276 feet per second, you're, you're not going to have any trouble, right? You're going to hit that deer exactly where you were aiming. Uh, you get out to 30 yards, and here's the interesting thing. You're still at about the same thing as Grant's bow was at 258 at 20 yards. So you've shot 10 yards further, and you've still got about the same amount of drop. So that, that one had only dropped two and a, a quarter. Uh, but then you add 10 more yards, and again, this, this, uh, this uh, gravity being a squared starts to kick in. And what you'll see is that, again, it's the same thing. It's over 10 inches. So you added 10 yards. You would expect that you might see five inches here. No, you're going to see probably over a foot, which, you know, anything over 10 inches, we've kind of said at that point, you're not going to kill that deer unless you got lucky. Okay, and, then, uh, and that's what, what's interesting there is there's a small difference between the 258 and 276, but you can see a big difference in terms of the effectiveness between the 10 yard, just 10 yard difference. I mean, you add 10 yards to your legitimate hunting shots by, by my lay persons looking at it at least. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, I kind of took a bunch of this data uh, because I had created a spreadsheet before trying to predict this sort of stuff. And then we did the, the hands-on portion where we actually went out and shot and they, they overlaid pretty well. Uh, so what, what I came up with, and I think you had had this down to something you wanted to talk about is I kind of came up with this, this rule that, you know, it's, it's a rule of thumb, right? We're, we're not, nothing is, can ever be perfect. Uh, but basically the, the way that uh, I looked at it is if you can hit within, or if it drops less than four inches in the time it takes for your arrow to impact it, and you aim right about at the heart, you're going to hit the, at least hit the lungs. So uh, the, the rule of thumb that I came up with, just to keep it simple, because I didn't want a, a huge table for everything, is take your, your bow speed, and it's feet per second, and divide that by 10. That's about how many yards you'll be able to shoot, and the amount of time it would take that deer to drop four, about four inches. Uh, what you'll see is that works out pretty perfectly for Grant's bow, uh, now for the second bow, you, it looks a little odd because you would expect that uh, at 30 yards then that 276 bow should be hitting right around four inches. It's hitting at two and a, a quarter uh, and, and it's hard to say exactly where that discrepancy comes in. Uh, but then if you look at the next one, it's pretty much what you would expect, right? At 30 yards, 300 feet per second, he's got a couple inches of drop. He, he might be able to go a couple more yards and, and still hit within that four inches but you add just 10 more yards and uh, it's, it's five, six inches somewhere in that range. So, so the 308 bow, was that hitting the balloon at, at 40 yards? Uh, I don't think it was. I think it was just missing it. So that's what and the then, plus means, right? It was close, but it was probably yeah. closer than the 258 bow was at 40 yards. Uh, now, at this point in the podcast, Darren and I had some connection issues. That is the nature of Zoom. You would think that midway through the pandemic, I would be really, really good at Zoom, but I did have some problems. Nonetheless, we were able to continue our conversation. I was holding up notes on the screen in my camera. He could see it. He, there was no audio, but I couldn't. he couldn't hear me talk, but I could hear him talk. And for whatever reason, that was the problem we were having. The audio was fine. He was able to answer the questions. And so that conversation continued. So the, the other thing we were, uh, that you had that uh, you wanted to talk about that fits in here was, uh, was that all that we shot? And uh, especially, you know, you being kind of crossbow oriented, 
uh, were there any crossbows shot? So I can't tell you the answer to that is yes. We kind of, so when we were doing this, we, we Grant's bow was kind of, you know, that's a slow end of most bows today. Uh, we wanted the, the top end. So what we did for the top end was we, we got, uh, at the time, this was two years ago. So today this is pretty common, but at the time, I think Raven, I believe it was Raven, they were one of the only crossbows that was shooting 400 feet per second plus. So we, we, we got them to send us one of their uh, products and uh, it was, we, we put it through the, the chronograph. It was shooting, I think, 413 feet per second, which I just remember at that time I was blown away by that. It was just amazing. Uh, so we did shoot that bow and uh, basically at 40 yards, uh, that thing, the, the balloon was barely dropping by the time that it was getting impacted by the bolt. Uh, so I wanted to continue to move back to see how far we could go and hit it. But unfortunately, uh, Grant, I think that uh, when I was there, I believe it was September and Grant was, you know, hunting is what he does. He, he needed his guys to get back uh, into the tractor, head out and go start planting some more food plots. So uh, and I actually had a, a plane to catch, so he was concerned about that, too. He didn't want to keep messing around and make me late for my flight. Uh, but, yeah, so we, we tested the, the Raven, the crossbow, and uh, it was shooting 413 feet per second. And at 40 yards, it was barely dropping. I'm, I'm confident we would have moved to 50 and it would have still hit that balloon with no issues. Well, I really hope you got something out of that conversation with Darren Cummings. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Genevieve, do you think that was a good conversation, did you? Yeah, I think so. One of the things that it really was remarkable to me, you watched my video, my interview, the video that I did. You watched our version of that video along with me and, and your mother, right, mm -hmm. in the living room there. And you had a comment. When you first saw that chart, you were talking about the 258 feet per second bow yeah. and what was your initial reaction to that it was kind of shocking that it moved almost three inches at 20 yards at 20 yards that's not very far that's not very far and two and a half inches that tells me 258 you probably shouldn't be shooting past 20 yards that when you are slowed down into those mid 200s apparently this isn't a conversation we should really be having as crossbow hunters so much with modern speeds 400 feet and above, right? 400 feet per second and more. 350 feet per second is an older, slower crossbow by today's standards, isn't it, Jenny? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm making fun of I don't of know much about that. <laughs> it really is funny, though. <laughs> These numbers, there are a few very intriguing things about this. The 415 feet per second Raven. The fact that that crossbow was hitting a balloon at 40 yards. Wow. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty pr impressive indeed. Yeah. And it shows us the value of speed when, it, when we're talking about jumping the string. That is pretty persuasive. So it was kind of alarming, though, for Genevieve to be looking at a crossbow or a bow of any sort shooting where it is having a two and a half inch drop. Not the air drop of the arrow, don't confuse that, but that balloon was dropping two and a half inches at merely 20 yards. So the original bungee at 308 feet per second or 305 feet per second, you know, shooting very similar to that 308 feet per second bow, that's uh, still getting the job done probably out to 40 yards. 
However, in my experiences, you know, I'm shooting 300 feet per second. If I was shooting heavier broadheads or had more rubber on the limbs or what have you, the quieting gear, that would reduce that number significantly. To be honest with you, I never felt comfortable at, you know, past 30 yards at all with that older, slower crossbow. That's my thoughts. You know, it's going to vary from one hunting scenario to another and different people, that sort of thing. But those are the numbers. I also thought it was kind of interesting that they tested a crossbow but didn't share that information in the video. That was kind of weird, yeah. I, that bothers me. I would want that kind of information out there. By not including that 415 feet per second crossbow and the results of that, you're really skewing the information that that video put out, right? You're skewing the information because you're sort of implying that a 30-yard shot, my takeaway from that, which was accurate at the time probably, was that a 30-yard shot was all I should be looking at. I shouldn't be looking at anything beyond it. None of us should be looking at anything further than a 30-yard shot. If I'd have known this other information about a faster crossbow back then when this video was made, when Dr. Grant Woods' video was made, if they had included that information in that, you'd have a more accurate picture of what's going on. And I would have I would have been looking at upgrading sooner. Don't you think? Definitely. I yeah. mean, that that's like information that they had available back at that time, apparently. Right. Um, if you want to present accurate information, they should have shared that. You need all of the information. You need all of the information. Yeah. And today yeah. we should update that. We really should think about doing that same test with 500 feet per second crossbows and examining the difference. Maybe, you know, Dr. Grant Woods, I'm not following the guy at all. It's a great idea that he came up with here. And you can tell from watching that channel, I have seen every Growing Deer TV video out there. I have seen every one of them. When I first discovered that channel on YouTube years and years ago, I went back and started from the very beginning. I've been subscribed since that time, and I have watched every video since. So I'm not faulting. I'm, I'm just questioning that and wondering why that wasn't the case, and I think it's a very good observation on my part. I mean, really, I wish I had that information back then. I, as a viewer, wish that, that I had that information back then. There's... You know, the reasons are what the reasons are. Perhaps Growing Deer TV is just trying to present bow hunting, not crossbow hunting. But in the podcast that originally turned me on to that episode, where he was in a podcast before those results came out, he actually did tell in that podcast that they had a crossbow that was shot during those tests. And, uh, but you kind That's of. It's very do, valuable. It's valuable information. Yeah. Now, if you are only a bow hunter, then. You don't care about crossbows, but why'd you test it? It's like you don't want to reveal the information that kind of suggests... You should be using a crossbow. You should be using a crossbow. You read my Perhaps mind. it's inhumane to use a compound anymore. When we have such fast speeds that can reduce wounding in that sense. It's going to make a difference, you know? isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, all of these faster bows, too, I don't care what arrow you use, you increase momentum numbers. Yep. with these faster bows. As this chart goes from 258 to 276, momentum goes up, assuming the arrow is the same weight. Or if you go to 308, more momentum. If you go to 415, more momentum. Why? Yep. Because momentum is calculated by the weight of the arrow times the speed. You increase the weight of the arrow, you increase momentum. You increase the speed, and you increase momentum. 
these faster crossbows obviously get that job done better. I'm not saying you got to shoot at 40 yards. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you're going to do a lot better job at 30 yards. Or 20. Or 20 yards or yeah. 10 yards or whatever you choose to shoot at. You are going to do a better job with a crossbow over a 258 feet per second bow. And these numbers pretty significant in that discussion of upgrading bungee. Now, that decision obviously has been made. We do have a faster bungee in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Bungee 3.0. And there's no question that shooting at 400 feet per second is going to be more effective in the deer woods than 258 feet per second. And we did some speed tests today where, in fact, I can drop old bungee with a heavy arrow down to the 250s. Yeah. We dropped some, we did some tests today, and that result was not nearly as impressive as the Scorpion with a heavier broadhead or a slightly heavier arrow, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that in the next podcast. That is the prelude, right? That's the teaser for the next podcast. We're going to record that on the way home. We are almost at the property where we're going to be doing our food plottery today, huh? Yep. All right, let's go do that. Until next time, all hail Bungie.